Hi, I'm Sam Garland. I'm an actor in Brooklyn, New York, and I believe that everyone on this planet is deeply creative. And not only that, I believe that engaging with our creativity is what connects us to our humanity and to our divinity. Whether it's starting a business, homeschooling your kids, cooking, painting, dancing, writing, acting, knitting, gardening, we are all called to express ourselves in myriad, incredibly unique ways. These are our gifts to the world. And yet, and yet, most every artist suffers terribly from self-doubt, from fear of public humiliation, from being too hard on themselves. That's certainly been my journey. I've done a lot of work on why my brain attacks when I'm being creative and how I can let this thing that I'm called to do out into the world. I'm still figuring it out, and I invite you to join me. Hi, my friends. Welcome back to Be Your Own Damn Muse. I'm feeling this title even more today, actually, because I'm still riffing on this theme of how much I hate New Year, New You. And I was thinking about how I actually went to this uh, networking event in um, January. It was online. It was over Zoom. It was uh, with several film programmers who were all women who were totally badass, amazing people that I really wanted to impress. And it was mostly a panel, so it wasn't like there was a whole bunch of opportunity to talk to them. Which was probably good because honestly, I was sitting there the whole time. And you know how Zoom is. You're just sort of watching yourself the whole time, which is so terrible. Uh, wonderful and terrible, maybe both. Um, but I just swear to God the whole time was thinking, am I pretty? I hope they like me. I hope I'm pretty. And it kind of crushed my artist's soul that that's what I was so invested in, that that was my translation of um, am I valuable? Do I matter? And what was really interesting was that I had gone away over the holiday uh, winter break and met a whole bunch of lovely humans. And one of them in particular, we had been taking this like really beautiful long walk in the park, which I have to say was freezing cold. Um, and and listening to him talk, he was just this deeply creative human and listening to him talk about the world in his head, the he was working on a play and sort of the way he related to the characters in his play, the way he related to all the characters and the different plays and novels he had written, the way he just, it felt so alive in his own mind, this deep, deep, vast imagination. And I was walking beside him thinking, my God, I used to be like that. Like when I was a kid, I was a super weird kid. I'm probably a super weird adult also. I've just gotten really good at hiding it or polishing the edges of it, to be honest. But when I was a kid, I – probably a lot of you guys can relate to this, but I feel embarrassed talking about it. It's really hard to name it. Like I was huge, hard on my sleeve all the time. I felt – um I don't know, I was like that kid at Valentine's Day who wanted everyone to have a Valentine's Day card and really feel loved and really feel like they belonged. And I did not have a cool bone in my body, still don't, um, which made, you know, starting middle school really, really, really rough, uh, but also like deeply spiritual and and incredibly intuitive. I could kind of just see what was happening around me on a larger level. Um, 
kind of how people were relating to each other, the stuff that was going on. Like, I didn't even know how. I just had an eye for it. And I remember, I think, being like 10 or something ridiculously young and sitting down a couple who were married, who were, to me, seemed very old, were probably just like 30 or something like that, and somehow explaining to them what was wrong with their marriage, which is insane now that I think about it. But I also just, in my 10-year-old brain, I was like, I'm sure they want to know this because I'm sure they would want to know like what's messing them up and how they can treat each other better and like be better humans, right? Like I had no social skills of that conversation needs to be invited. People need to request feedback. Some people don't want to know what's actually going on or aren't ready to face it for lots of reasons, right? Um, I just kind of like could see how people were struggling with stuff and I always wanted to fix it for them or let them know that that was a thing that could be fixed in my naive brain thinking all things could be fixed. Um, and, and I, I, yeah, so I transferred schools actually in fifth grade and went from a very small, uh, very kind of pack of females, lovely held group of women to like the school that had really crested into, um, coolness. Like there was a social hierarchy. There was all these rule, like un, like unspoken coded rules about how to dress and how you would go to the bathroom in pairs. So you could talk about boys, like things I did not understand. And it was, it was really rough. And I got pretty badly bullied actually. I think so badly. I don't really remember it. My mom tells me about it, um, or has mentioned in the past. So I, and I, you know, from like middle school through high school where I did have friends because I fell into the theater crowd, but it was very much a loner and into college, which was not a great fit. I just, I didn't really understand how people um, related to each other. And I, like, I wasn't good at water cooler chit chat. I didn't understand what people talked about when they weren't talking about big life questions and where were we headed and what did it all mean? Like, I really didn't understand how to talk about the weather um, or TV shows. And I remember post-college actually reading books on like small talk, on making friends, on <laughs> this very deep belief that everything is outable. you know, that you, everything can be learned. I think social skills can be learned and I've certainly learned them. People who meet me now you know, especially when I'm nervous, but like in general, when I'm feeling awkward, I lean into my charm. I lean into one of the best skill sets I think I picked up is the ability to like translate the weird in my head. Um, Cause something that I used to do as a kid that I've noticed I still do is like, sometimes I'll be in a situation and someone will say something and my brain skips, like, like makes three connections off of what they said. And suddenly I'm laughing at a joke that is only inside my head that would only make sense if I could explain the three leaps my brain took, but it's so like viscerally alive for me that I'm cackling and I'm like, I am a weirdo laughing over here at something. And sometimes, and I've gotten better at being like, oh, this is where my brain went, which was funny to me. Um, and sometimes that's not well received still. And sometimes people are much more graceful about it. Um, and but like gotten good at like sort of explaining those things and understanding how that lands among those who don't have a brain that jumps on its own to whole other jokes that it can't explain. Right. Um, anyway, so I think a lot of us, especially as artists, I've, I've read this a lot. I've heard this a lot. I think also just the universal experience of most children, one of the deep sadnesses of socialization of schooling is how much homogeneity there is and how much people who are different in any way really get bullied out of it. And I think a lot of us get very good at polishing ourselves, at making ourselves fit, 
And for so long, I was so angry at myself for deeply wanting to fit and kind of having twisted myself into the ways that, you know, am I pretty? Do you like me? Like, I'm mad at myself for wanting that. But the truth is, that is like an essential human need. That is like in our bone marrow to need to belong. It's not like I'm sitting there consciously being like, oh, I wish that they would be my friends. It's, it pulls from us. It is in our DNA to need to belong to other people. So of course, if you're going to be bullied and felt ostracized for being different in any way, um, there are those, bless them, who are good at walking their own path. But even they, I think, to some degree suffer. Like we're always having to figure out how do I, how do I listen to my inner voice and, and listen to this, this weird wonderfulness inside of me and also belong. Um, and part of that is finding tribes that are a better fit. You know, part of the trouble with schools is it's a whole large group of people who are very different and are just kind of geographically thrown, like thrown together because of geographics. Um, and they might not be your people. And a lot of the scars of most of us as adults is we're still trying to make up for how we didn't belong in school without realizing we get to choose our communities and our tribes now. And we get to be much more specific about, I want to find my weird people <laughs> so I know where I fit. Um, and so I was thinking about this whole new year, new you, as, alongside, uh, as well as I was thinking about, wow, like how much I miss that weird 10-year-old me who just like saw the world in such radically different ways and didn't think a whole bunch about saying that, which is like, oh yeah, this is what I see and this is how my brain functions and this is what I find hilarious, even if it makes no sense to you. And and I feel like the older I get, the more the work is not to become a different, newer version of myself, but actually to return to the weird 10-year-old I was, to like the weird, wonderful, oddball, who saw the world in her own way. And I'm really grateful for the skill sets I've picked up along the way that allow me to connect with people even when we have different weirdnesses or um, muggles, if you would, um, who maybe don't think in the same way that I do, because I do still think connection is so important. But I also feel like a lot of my creativity and artistry is really hindered by that deep desire to undo the sort of bullying and othering that I went through when I was a kid, which again, I think is super common, um, but has real lasting effects. And and I was like mad at myself at this networking event for just being like, that my creativity doesn't lie in trying to be pretty. You know, my creativity is like this, the weirdness in me that that sees the world and remakes things that it has seen and read and thought about in some new way. And that the, you know, the most alive creativity that we've all experienced, whether it's a book or a play or a um, a painting, music, it's because somebody touched their, you know, the inner soul, something about them um, that that had maybe never been thought before, never been put in those words before. It's always going to be like a weird new thing to other people. And the more you can stand in your weirdness and love it, I think the more uh, creativity you can share with the world, the more you have that resource available to you. And so I don't know, I, I, I was like, what is my what is my tool for getting there? I don't know. I think this is kind of the path I've been on for a long time of how do I how do I make friends? Like I actually the more that I sort of tune into myself and kind of um I'm just really 
grateful to like be good company with my weird 10 year old self. Like when I'm out and I'll, I'll think a joke that I find is hilarious and I'll just kind of approve of like, oh, I love that I can make myself laugh while I'm out walking and talking to myself in my head. Um, and that might be super weird to say. I'm embarrassed that I'm saying that. Um, but that's what makes me good company to me is that I can tap into myself and my mind and my imagination and the things that I think about and see in the world that maybe others don't see or don't think about. And I think what's interesting is that I've been doing that work on myself because I want to be good company with myself. One of the things that my coach says that I think is so brilliant is the longest relationship you will ever have is with yourself. And we invest so much time in trying to find the perfect partner, the perfect spouse, the perfect, you know, fix a relationship with our kids and our parents. And and those are all wonderful endeavors. But the truth is we don't spend nearly enough time, if any, on the relationship we have with ourselves, on being friends with ourselves. And so I've been doing that work for myself, which coincided very well with the pandemic and the amount of time I spent on my own. Um but like really how to be friends with myself. So if no one is around, I can enjoy my time with myself. And in that work, what I'm rediscovering is my inner 10-year-old weirdo. And I say weirdo with total love. Like, I love that kid. I love that she's like kind of gingly and pudgy and has weird opinions and says the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I wouldn't necessarily say all those things or, you know, out loud in, in mixed company now, but I like knowing her. And the more that I like knowing her and the more that I like pour approval into her, the more I feel like the scripts that I'm writing and the auditions that I'm doing and the essays I'm working on and the music that I want to make comes alive because also those things become things that I'm doing for my 10-year-old self. They become less and less about, do they like me? Am I pretty? Are they going to program my film? You know, am I good enough? Which is the question we're all walking around with. And it becomes so much more about that cracked me up. And like, that's enough, you know, if we can crack ourselves up at the end of the day, God, what a gift that is. So here's my hope for you in 2022. No more of this new year, new you bullshit. I say new year, old you. How can you go back to loving the inner kid, the weird kid, the kid that maybe didn't make sense in school or didn't make sense to your family or had weird ideas about the art that they wanted to make in the world and the stories they wanted to tell or even just weird ideas about who they wanted to love and how they wanted to love. There's so many ways that we are all wonderfully, magically different and unfortunately not great, especially in the early years of celebrating that in each other. And I think it can be the work of a lifetime to return to that. Wishing you the best, my friends. Be well. Mm-hmm.